everybody. My name is Cindy Humphrey and you're listening to Room 26 Podcast with Freddie Luaka. Hey guys, so welcome to Room 26 Podcast with me, Freddie Luaka. Just a, you know, casual, laid back, unadulterated conversation with friends, celebrity guests, and you, of course. Hold on. You are listening, right? All right, good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Room 26 podcast with Freddie Nwaka. Freddie, are you there, brother? Yeah, I'm nice, man. I got up early, went for a walk, done some training. I'm ready to go, man. I'm fired up, bro. You know how we do this thing, bro. Awesome. So who you got on the phone today? Well, you know what? It's, it's been mad, man, because people are always asking me, like, you know what? We've had so many male um, inspirational people on the show, man, um, and very limited females. So I was like, you know what? I've got to jump straight to one of the most inspiring females that I know. And I have my good, good friend, Cindy Humphrey. Cindy! Hello, Freddie. Hello, Frederick. How you doing? Oh, you went there. You went there with the Frederick. Uh, do, do I... <laughs> you know what it is? It's those, it's those glasses you're wearing. You look pretty handsome, if I may say so myself. This is my, this is my intelligent look, you know? You know, like, uh-huh. when, when you put glasses on, you automatically look, look like you're talking sense, even if you're chatting rubbish. The glasses. <laughs> and the beard as well. It's looking lovely. It's looking lovely. Anyway, that's enough of the compliment. Okay. No, carry on. Carry on. Some more. Some more. How are you doing now? Are you well? I haven't seen I'm, you for a few I'm, weeks. It's only been a few weeks. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm very, very good, man. How are you? How, you, how have you found this whole um, COVID lockdown thing? Like, have you found the whole... Oh, man. Listen. Um, God. I've, do you know, I found it quite inspirational. I've, I think that I've taken out this time to really spend quality time and connecting with my, with my kids. That's for me foremost, um, first and foremost, what it's been for me. I've tried to kind of like put away technology. You know, we always say that, but what do they call it? They call it a, a, a fasting from, from all the technology and social media, right? I try to do it in my mobile yeah, yeah. thing. And do you know what? The kids aren't really happy with it. But at 1 p.m. every day, Freddie, right? What I did was I put, a, I put a, an alarm on my phone at 1 p.m. so that we could do a family meditation every single day. And my two wow. older kids, because I've got three kids, 20, 16, and seven, my two older kids weren't really having it. They, they, but they, they gave in in the end. And it, so it was all about connecting. And you know what? It really did bring us close together. So in a, in a horrible way, I'm kind of like grateful for it. But obviously, with all due respect to all the people that suffered out there as well, you know? Yeah, I hear you. It has been a bit um, mad. Um... And I think COVID has taught us a lot. If anything, it's taught us that we don't always have time on our side. Um, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, what about now? Um, so yeah, it's been it's been for me also very inspirational. But let's, it's not about me; it's about you. So Cindy, listen, you are a very, very, very talented actress, right? I'm yeah. gonna say that. And well, I can say that because I've worked with you in it, so I can say that. Do you know what I'm saying? And it, it, it is mad. And I think I'm actually gonna explain how we met because i think it's quite crazy the way we met which is things serendipity. in the universe huh serendipity i call it yeah it, it was crazy so so basically what what had happened was i was um getting ready to cast my next film and i was just scrolling through strong black black leads just females that i thought would suit the part of this lead character and i had screenshot you 
<laughs> I screenshot you. I didn't know you, but I screenshot you as somebody that, that was um, talented and who looked the part. And I thought, you know what? She could potentially be a candidate for this role. And then, lo and behold, I saw you, well, I saw you at the station. And this is the thing. I was looking at you like, I know this woman from somewhere, you know? But I couldn't, I couldn't place it. Mm. I couldn't place it. You know what I'm saying? But in my head, I was like, I know her from somewhere. And then I'll let you finish the rest. Yeah, that was quite crazy that day because that day, um, oh God, I was on a photo shoot. Uh, my daughter's a photographer, so we were doing a photo shoot for some collection. And um, that day, I got a phone call whilst on the photo shoot because what had happened was, was that um, there was a mix-up in an audition that I was meant to do. I, was meant to, I thought that I was meant to do it the next day, but they said to me, Cindy, you're meant to be right here, right now. And I was like, oh my good shit, what am I, what am I meant to do? Like, can I, can I still come, you know? And I was all the way in South London. And then they, they said to me, yeah, you know, we'll wait for you. We've seen everybody already, but we'll wait for you. And I thought, God, they'll wait for me, that's really good. So anyway, I, I, I went down there and I was, oh God, I was going like a crazy woman. And I went through Leicester Square and I see this big dude, this big black dude. And I'm like, hold on a minute, I know this guy from somewhere, you know? Um, yeah, and I, and I saw you, I looked at you, I said hi, but it felt really, I felt really silly saying hi because I didn't know you, but I felt as though I knew you, you know? And you can't look at me yeah. like, who's this strange woman you'd said hi to? And then, um, then yeah, I left it at that. But it was only later that evening when I got home, um, as you're scrolling through, I'm hardly on Facebook, right? And when I'm scrolling through Facebook and stuff, um, this, uh, your picture comes up, really crazy. You're, your, your profile comes up and I'm like, you can add this person as your friend. And I'm like, that's the guy that I saw today. That's crazy, <laughs> right? And then, but I ignored it. The joke was that I ignored it. And then I went onto Instagram and you came up again. And that's when I said, no, I have to message him. But he's going to start thinking I'm trying to chirp him. That's what I was a bit worried about. I thought it was a bit cheesy. <laughs> Oh, well. So I, so I, I messaged you, I, inst I private messaged you and um, I said, look, this is a bit crazy, you know, but I, I, I saw you today in Leicester Square and, and, and your pictures just come up on Facebook and it's also come up on Instagram. It sounds a bit weird, but I just thought I should just say hi, you know, and that was the beginning of the story um, of, of how we met. And that's mad. And then we went on to obviously um, become really good friends. Yeah. As and it's, it's from then it's just been full on man obviously we, we worked together um on this film but we'll talk about that a bit later we'll come to yeah. the whole film stuff yeah 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 you're from east london right you're from bow right i'm from bow e3 yes um every time i say that to anybody that's much younger than me they're like oh what bow e3 yeah bow e3 but back in the days in my days it was completely different um it was like the proper east end cockney the boxers, you know, the, the old gangsters down Roman Road in Bow. It was a completely different life, you know, and um, it was um, very fond memories that I had of growing up in Bow. The only thing that I haven't got from Bow is the accent. I don't know where it disappeared. Yeah, you don't have that Cockney East London. You, you sound pretty polite. You sound very formal when you're talking. You don't sound like a Cockney East Londoner. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's funny you say that, right? Because there's this documentary that was made about um, me and another group of kids when I was about nine years old. Because I used to be a violinist, Freddie. I don't know if you know that. I used to be a violinist. When oh, I was a kid. Yeah, and Channel 4 decided to do this documentary um, on us when we were kids. And, um, and uh, I was being interviewed because we were performed with the London Philharmonic Orchestra in um, the, Royal Ab the Royal Festival Hall and also following that, the Royal Albert Hall as well. With um, for Princess Diana, 
And um, I was second. I said, wow, that's, yeah. like, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. And, um, and it's funny that because when I was talking to Princess Diana and um, we were talking about EastEnders and stuff, but anyway, um, back to my accent. It's like, when I looked back at the documentary about two years ago, I couldn't believe my accent. My accent was, I was a proper EastEnder. Proper Cockney, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, what happened to my accent? It's just crazy. I don't know what happened, but I don't know if it was the people that I was hanging around or the, the, the environment. I don't know what it was, a school that I went to. I have no idea, but it just disappeared. But apparently when, I, when you get me really angry, really pissed off, apparently the Cockney accent comes out then. I ain't never seen that side, man. So yeah. like, I can't even imagine you getting angry, man. You're so, your spirit is so calming. And so, like, uh, uh, do you know what I mean? I just don't imagine you even shouting. <laughs> Listen, try to say that to my kids. My kids will never believe that, honestly. <laughs> they've, they've, they've seen the other side. No, but, I mean, I always try to keep, I, I, I am kind of like a calm person. Um, I believe in peace, man, for everybody, you know, and just, just trying to, um, just love. I know it sounds a bit cheesy and a bit like, you know, hippified, but it's just all about love, man. And, and I think that's what connected us to as well, because when we connected at the beginning, you know, unfortunately, the day that you found out that your mother wasn't going to be here for much longer was the day you found out, I believe, on the, your journey to meeting me that day. And I think that's when I connected mm. and became even stronger, because then obviously, you know, as any other human being would, we, I empathise with that, and and it it, it it grew our relationship much stronger, much faster. We kind of like had a from zero to to five, you know. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. You were definitely one of the people um, that I can say you really had my back, man, and made sure that I was okay on the day to day. Do you know what I'm saying? You actually made sure that. Um, Everything was, you know what I mean? You, you, you reached out, man. And, and like I said, I would, always, I would always thank you for that and always hold a special part. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, you, 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 you was there. You was properly there, man. So thank you for that, man. No, I appreciate that. Cool, I think that I just did what anybody else would do. But I think that also because I had a parent that died, you know what I mean? So I, I totally understand that heartache, you know? So, yeah, yeah. You say you had um, a parent, so, um, so, so your father, right? Yeah. Your father passed away. Yeah, from... my dad, man. My, my lovely dad, man. He was um, from a country called Guyana, Guyana, in South America. But they, a lot of people can, can categorise him as being from the Caribbean. Um, but yeah, but first and foremost, my father was a proud African man. He used to always, um, I was always brought up that way. Even though my mother was from Grenada, my father's from Guyana, I was always brought up first and foremost that I'm that I'm African first and foremost. So back in the days at school, you know, when all this clashing of the Caribbeans and Africa type thing, that, that didn't make any sense to me. You know, it's, it, I remember back in the days when there was a, it was a bit crazy with all that type of stuff, the animosity between the two. But um, yeah, my father was a, a massive role model um, to me. I was extremely close to my dad. Um, if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't, wouldn't be where I am today, um, yeah. You know, like, my, like any other dad, my dad was the type of man that loved women. Not like any other dad, I shouldn't make a general statement like that, but you understand what I'm saying. He liked his ladies. He always yeah, chose yeah, yeah. the best as well, you know, and, and, you know, because my older sister and brother, um, I'm very good friends with their, um, with their well, I was going to say very good friends, their mum, my auntie, I consider my, like my auntie, they're still very close. But yeah, my dad had a really strong influence in me, very much, you know, 
pan-Africanism and um, teaching and lecturing about um, being, uh, having a belief and strength in your identity. Um, so that was instilled in me from a very, very, very young age, you know? And also it inspired me to write my first play as well. I don't think I've ever told you that before, Freddie. Yeah, I wrote my first play. I'm not happy, Cindy. I'm not happy. <laughs> Why am I finding out about the violinist thing? What, what else? What other secrets Listen, have you got that you, I don't know? This is the thing I said. Ask me anything. You can learn anything about me. I'm such a private person. Even on my Instagram, people kind of like know but they don't know me. But with you, you, you kind of like know me. No, you do. You, know, you do know me very well. You just, you just don't know these little bits. But, but that's why I said this is an open interview. You ask me what the heck you want. And this is about people learning about you know, me and obviously, and hopefully learning from my experiences as well. So there's a lot that you don't, you perhaps don't know about me. Okay, we, all right, so I've got, right, I've got free reign. All right, let's get to it then. All right, so like, first and foremost, when your father passed away, right? Like, how did you cope with that, man? Like, how did you deal with that? This is the thing, right? I'm the, I'm the firstborn in the family. So for me, uh, well, on my, for my mother, for my mother, for me, you're kind of like, you, you keep everything together. So for my mum, my, you know, my mum to this day, Fred, has never seen me cry for my father. Never, right? And the reason being, it's because you always have to make sure you're there for them and my sister, you know, my younger sister, and then also my other siblings, my older siblings as well. They've seen me cry, but my mother has never. I'll be honest with you, right? At that moment, I'm always, I've got three children. I've brought them up by myself. Um, um, my two older kids, um, I'm kind of like digressing, but my two older kids, I brought them up by myself. Their, their father was um, inside for most of their life. So um, there was that situation. And then with my older daughter, you know, I brought them, actually, no, no, when my father died, my older daughter, my, my youngest daughter, I beg your pardon, wasn't, wasn't born yet. But at that moment, because I was so, this independent, strong black woman type of thing, I, I really, I don't really like, and this superwoman, I don't really like those statements because it doesn't allow you to be vulnerable. I'm 43 now, right? If I want to ball, I'm going to ball. Do you understand me? I'm going to cry. Back then, Freddie, I would have never done that. I always had to put on a fake, brave face and, you know, and, and just be strong for everybody. To the point where I, that was the first time ever, ever, I thought to myself that I was going to have I could have possibly had a breakdown. That was the first time because I had to carry everybody and I wasn't allowing myself to, 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 um, to grieve. Really. And it's only, do you know what, right? My dad died nine, no, I lie, 2009, 11 years ago, right? It was only two years ago in 2018, Freddie, when my uncle died, right? And when I saw my uncle in his deathbed, I unfortunately was the one to see him pass away, right? Well, um, take, you know, when he died and yeah, when he took his last breath. And I remember seeing him and he looked so much like my father. He died from cancer the same way as my father. And I tell you what, when that happened, it's, I didn't grieve for all that time. So when my uncle died, it took a toll on me mentally and physically. And again, I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to kind of like admit to it. And then I said to myself, I have to. And when I spoke to a few friends and said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. And they asked me how I was doing. I said to them, I'm not coping too well. But they never took me seriously, Freddie. Because they're so mm. used to me always coping with everything. Cindy's got this on lock. 
Cindy's, you know, she, she, she's got a kid, she's, worked, she's, got, she's working, she's doing this, doing that. She's got everything a lot. She's buying her properties. She's doing all of that type of stuff. They, they thought that I had everything in control. So when I said that to them, they never took me seriously. It was only months later when I spoke to them that they said to me, but Cindy, why didn't you tell me? And I was like, I did, but you didn't hear, you weren't hearing. So what I did was I kind of like shipped myself off to the Caribbean for the first time ever. I checked out from my kids. I never allowed myself to do that neither. And I said, I lied to everybody and said to them, I had to go away for work. I didn't go away for work. I went away because I had to have a break away. Um, mm. A few weeks later, my friend had a birthday. She's probably gonna, if she hears this podcast, she's gonna learn this as well for the first time ever. She invited 11 of us out to the Bahamas. When I went with them, they didn't even realize that the reason why I was there, obviously to celebrate her birthday because I love her as well, was that I just needed a break too. They didn't realize that I was just on the verge of, <laughs> my mental state was but, not good, go on. You know what it is? It's because you're, you're quite similar to me in the sense that you, you always present as being strong. And sometimes when we're strong, we can be too strong for our own good. So that when we, when we be a certain way, no one ever sees the weakness unless we tell, you know, unless we tell them sometimes. And yeah. I feel like because always, I've never seen you low. I've yeah. never seen you on a bad day. Even when you have a bad day, it's a good day. Like I've never seen you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, and it would take you a lot to even say to me as your friend, like Freddie, I need help. And because you are that, you, know, you are that kind of person, one, if you was to ever ask me for help, I would always help you because I know you really need it because you would never ask. But more importantly, most people won't reach out to you because you just always seem like you're fine. It mm. takes someone that knows really intricately and really, really well to see when you're not at your best. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And so that's why you probably find, found in the past that no one knew because yeah. you've got a lot of a lot of pride and you present a certain way so we just wouldn't know unless you told us if that makes sense uh, not to change the subject or anything but you know when you're talking about having a lot of pride and you didn't tell anybody chadwick chadwick um the the guy that died what's his surname yeah, Bo listen Boseman. that affected me man and i and i tell you why because again when i when i saw this and heard that he had suffered from cancer for four years and didn't say anything. I thought to myself, you know what, Freddie? What the heck do we have to complain about with the little things in life? This man achieved and did so much and followed a path that made him happy. He still did what he did, knowing he had bowel cancer, was going in and out of surgery. No one knew anything. Why when we complain about the little things in life? So there's that type of, there's that side of it as well when you should just kind of like just get on with it but i don't know look it's just the whole thing with chadwick is which what i find really kind of it's nuts is i remember i saw a picture of him a, a while ago where he lost loads of weight and i knew from that point he wasn't well and loads of people were cussing trolling him making negative comments about him little did they know that he was actually dying back then and it just makes you realize that sometimes if you ain't got nothing good to say shut Watch up out that's what that's what it is yeah because you don't know what trauma or what pain or what people are carrying do you know what i'm saying and it just made me think man if people had known what they knew then would they still be saying the things to, listen it's affected children because they don't understand black panther 
as a character is a hero globally. So trying to explain to my kids that Black Panther's passed away is is weird because Chadwick is an actor and is a real person. Black Panther is a character, but they don't understand that Chadwick's passed away. They think Black Panther's passed away. Yeah, cool. So it's and to you know what I mean to explain to like to my to, to like my nine year old that Black Panther's dead. Like he doesn't understand it. He's a superhero. How can he be dead? Yeah, yeah. It's so sad Weird. as well. It's so sad as well that he wasn't able to see before he passed away um, a resolution and some. Um, a glimmer of hope for us as, as, as black people with the BLM, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, because he obviously, whilst he was mm. suffering, saw all this, he, 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 he tried to help as much as he can with these characters that he played and, and really thought thoroughly, you know, about the characters that he played to, to help and uplift, you know, um, the black community. So it's a shame that mm. he wasn't able to see a, a brighter day for, for us. But uh, uh, maybe rest in peace, man. Definitely, man. So, so you said right earlier that um, the whole thing about so single mom, your your ex partner, with your boyfriend, was you married? Husband? What was it? Husband? Husband? I've never been married, Freddie. You gonna find me a husband? All right. You know what? I'm joking. So your partner then, your your ex boyfriend or your children's father or whatever. He said that he was away. He was in prison. Yes. So what? that happened, you was bringing up the children by yourself. Yes, So yes. how was that? Do you know what I mean? Because we always talk about strong black women and one of the questions that comes up a lot is, can a woman raise children by herself? Yes, we know they can, but do they get the balance of a father and a mother? Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I'm always to hear like what people think about that because yes, there's loads of strong females out there that do great and bring up um, children by themselves. What do you think about the, being able to bring up your children, just you alone? Well, well do you know what? I, I'll be honest with you. It's like I, I'm in my household. We're very happy. Everybody's always busting jokes and, and just always in a jolly mood. But yet also, um, um, I don't mess around, Freddie. So I'm, I'm quite strict mum. As I said, 2016 and seven, I don't mess around. But yet, don't get me wrong, we do have a laugh. But yet there's, so I'm quite strict. It's funny because as, as a woman, as a, as a, as a mum, as a single mum, you tend to try to take on both roles. So therefore you are, because there's no dad to call. You know, when, when your mum would say, I'm going to call your father or, you know, there's, there was not, there's none of that. So you, you have to be very, very firm and consistent. Consistency is very important too. And I think I can give myself a pat on the back and say that I've done a really, really good job. But yes, it was very, well, yeah. very and, and you know what, I've got to say, it wasn't hard, Freddie. I, I, and I don't know if it's my attitude with glass half full, but I didn't think it was that hard. Um, it, again, everything has to be love, love, but yet firm. You have to be firm as well with the kids, you know? Um, at that time, I, 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 I had a life change because I was doing, I was working like as a recruitment consultant and everything and doing nine to five jobs that just weren't me. Do you know what I mean? Before then I was like a makeup artist as well and I used to do some modeling back in the days as well. But, um, but then, but I, I, I did that for the kids, nine to five for the kids to be suitable around them. And then suddenly I said to myself, right, that's it. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be um, focusing on my children, focusing on my spirituality, focusing on, on um, my career. And that's when I, entered the world of presenting I, I started doing shopping tv presenting 
Um, so I was doing live TV, um, four hours a day, non-stop chatting. You know those people that you see on QVC and everything? And then people that be like, oh, um, so today we have this ring. This ring is emerald, diamond, and uh, 55,000 of them have gone for the price of two pounds. But you can have it for one pound if you buy it now. You take, <laughs> you take the mic, Nick. You take the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I was that. <laughs> I was doing that. I did that for about nine years as well. So it's like, yeah, so I, I, um, it was really good because it, I was only on air for four hours, you know, it, it allowed me to, in, I, I, I was on air from 7.30 in the morning. So in the evening, I was always there for my kids. So I basically adapted my life for my children, but I wanted to have that flexibility as well. So mm. listen, it, it is, people can say it's hard. I, I think the word hard is too easy to use. I, I thoroughly enjoyed bringing up my children, um, but that's me done for, for with children, you know. Yeah, so you're done now, no more? That's no true. more for me, I'm, I'm done. I've, made, I've <laughs> contributed to the world. I've got to ask Cindy, like, look, you are amazing. Like, you're beautiful, you're sk Why are you, why are you, no, are you single, first of all? I am now. We met up a few weeks ago, didn't we? And um, yeah. you were Uncle Freddy that day, not my friend Freddy, you were. <laughs> <laughs> you were Uncle yeah. Freddy because you were you were talking me through like a uh, a little um, breakup that I had. I know you were so good. You know, I was I was dating someone, but yeah, um, who I thought was the love of my life. I thought all of that, and then yeah, it's just one of those things. That, so I am single. I've been single now for about two months now. Yeah. You know your inbox is gonna go mad now, isn't it? You know your inbox is gonna yeah. go ping 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 ping. ping. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if we should have put it out there now. It's going to be all mad now. Your inbox is going to be flooded. Listen, listen. Anyway, let's see. Let's but, see. But while you're talking about relationship, like what yeah. kind, like what, what, what would be your, what would be your ideal relationship then? Like, what, are you trying to be matchmaker or something? Huh? Is that what you're I'm, trying to do? You're, you're, you're one of my, like one of my besties. You're, you're one of my bona fide friends, man. I'm trying to hook you up in it. I'm trying to, to make sure that you. It's one of your friends. Yeah. I'm trying to hook you up with one of my friends would be suitable. Oh dear. Do you know what? I, I am, God, um, put me on the spot now, aren't you? Um, I, I, I'm 43. I've, I'm, I don't, I, I don't mess around. But yeah, I've all, I'm also really just relaxed as well. So I just, I, I just, I mean, just somebody who's just like, you know, who just knows what they want and, um, and is, who's just spiritually a, a, a good person, a good heart and who is emotionally intelligent, someone who's connected emotionally, man. That's like the foundation for everything, I think. Yeah, so that's, that's it for me, really. And so, I don't ask for much, do I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you'll be fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, put my thinking cap on and feel like, see who suits that, that and it, environment. And it looks like you can do the job with those glasses on as well, so. You fit the part, Frederick. I look like I do this for for, for, for real. What's been the, the lowest part of your life, and what's been the highest? What's been the lowest point? Um, the lowest point, I'd definitely say, would be <clears throat> yeah the yeah the death of my dad, definitely, and and then again, and then accepting and uh, admitting grief. <laughs> nine years later um yeah that's definitely the lowest part the highest part do you know what the highest part and people say it quite often but it's my children people underestimate what it is to bring a woman into this world a woman right and i'm not really into this male female women's rights stuff. i'm not really into all of that right 
But, I mean, don't get me wrong, I respect it and stuff, but all this independent woman, superwoman, I'm just not really feeling it because I feel as though we shoot ourselves in the feet because we do need our kings, our brothers, you know, to, to, to balance and to help balance us as well. But, but my highest moment, I'd say, is, do you know what carrying a child, I mean, you wouldn't know, but carrying a child is the most, we do so much and we don't even realise it as, as ourselves. Our body goes through so much, um, a female body, to bring you, Freddie, and you, who's, a, who, um, who's listening to this podcast right now, into this world. And I really think that we, because we see it all the time happening, if we just press pause and really be present and think about a woman carrying a baby and bringing a, a child into this world, there would be nobody if it wasn't for that. So that has been my highest point, is bringing my kids into this world. Wow. That was a bit of a and long answer, isn't it, for, for, for your question, but, but I got there in the end. No, yeah. we got there, we got there. I went, made, I went and made a cup of tea, got some biscuits, um, put my feet up. <laughs> ah, shush! Behave yourself! <laughs> but that leads me on to, like, obviously, I know your little princess was born um, three months early. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm weighed like a bag of sugar. Like, how was that? Like, after, so after carrying her, your daughter and your expecting to have like a normal pregnancy and do you know what I'm saying every, for, for every woman one of their greatest fears must be if anything goes wrong during that time so then to have a daughter that's premature chore, and come three months early and have to look at them in the little cubicle with loads of wires attached to them and all that kind of stuff how did, how did that make you feel listen I mean boy that was also a hard part actually as well um but I don't think it was the lowest part of my life because I knew she was going to be okay when you're pregnant, you're in a relationship and, and you know, the person, you know, that you're in a relationship with is, you know, we're not really together, we are together type of thing was not really great in the end. Um, we, it, you, you're by yourself when you're pregnant. So it was the stress of all of that that kind of like brought on the pregnancy and um, by begging pardon, brought, brought on the premature birth. When they tell you that you, your child's got 50-50 chance to live and all that stuff and you know, I don't know, man, it was, it was, it was hard, but yet I just knew that it was going to be okay. It was really crazy. Um, she weighed two pounds and six ounces. Um, she was tiny. Um, it was a very vulnerable moment. Um, but it was also my ultimate strength as well. Um, it was scary, man. And that's another thing as well. We see these kind of things on TV, experiencing it is another thing. Um, I used to always see things like that on TV, but experiencing that I couldn't hold her for weeks I couldn't touch her for weeks you know um so that was it was it was scary and um again you know it's about living in hope you have to be hopeful and I think as well that experience that happened to me changed my life because that's when I decided a few months later that I'm going to go back into acting that's when I decided that the amount of work that I am doing um, and because I was really working hard, man, silly across. Sometimes I'd be, I'd be live on air in in the UK, in this country, um, and then I'd go to another studio at late at night to be on um, live in 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 certain parts of Africa as well. Because I used to do this show in this like a game show in in certain parts of Africa as well until like three o'clock in the morning. It was a bit crazy. So at that point, I said to myself, "Why am I killing myself?" 
all this, you're making all this money. Are you happy? You know what I mean? You're now a single mum again. You've got, you've got, you know, you've got this baby that can, that's changed your life because she nearly died. She, 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 God, she, she flatlined twice in my hands, in my arms, you know, um, boy, that experience when you're a baby and she's tiny, remember? Yeah. So she's, she, she's not a proper baby, newborn baby. She's, she's fragile, very fragile. You can still see her veins under her skin and her ears aren't formed properly. You know, there's certain parts of her body that aren't formed properly. So, and when I'm holding her, I was breastfeeding her and then suddenly the, it just, I just heard this noise and she just went purple. Oh my God, Freddie, man, that, that, it, change, it changes your life. It changes your life. And then that's when I said to myself, I, I'm not going to kill myself anymore. I'm going to live life. I'm going to really enjoy life. So when my daughter was about three, I decided to go back to do certain classes, um, acting classes, um, improvisation classes with Anna Shear. And that's when the journey with acting started all over again for me, you know? And you, and you know what is really mad? It's like a lot of the time, it's funny, like we see a lot of black women on the screens um, and sometimes, like, like when I'm casting things, I look at loads of pictures and I see loads of pictures of people. But my first thing is, I wonder if she can act good. And I must admit, when me and you worked together on the rom-com, um, which is now called... So in the UK, I don't know if I told you this, in the UK, it's called She's the One. And in the US, it's called Love Spell. And of course, you play the lead, um, the love interest, and you play the lead. And I must say that you actually smashed your role man like the way you the way you played your character and your um attention to detail is is so commendable man like it's it's really you make it look like it's easy Thank do you know you. what i'm saying like and as an actor myself i know that lines and getting things on point is not easy do you know what i'm saying but you you, you yeah you, you totally smashed your character how did you how did you find that working with me that's a question for you i i i because you're such a nice guy and I got to know you personally before. Yeah, say that again. Wait, 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 wait. Say that part again. <laughs> nice guy. Such a nice guy. And I, and I got to know you personally before. I was really worried um, that you were just being super nice, saying, oh, no, you, everything's good, everything's good. And I'm thinking to myself, no, but is it? Because I'm kind of like hard on myself when it comes to matching it, you know? And I'm like, no, but is he, is, he be, is he just being nice, you know? Is he being kind? So I remember I, was, I asked Simon as well, who's the gaffer. I love Simon. I've got to say, I've got to, I've, I've got to take off my hat to Simon. Um, I've got a lot of respect for, for him and I'm really glad that I was able to work with him. Um, he said to me, no, you're, you're fine, Cindy. You're, you're good, you know, not you're fine, but you know, you're good. Um, so yeah, with working with you, I, 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 you are very much like, um, you're very relaxed in your role. So I'm used to people being um, a little bit, you know, more, more not yeah, more firm and, and going flapping all over the place sometimes, but you're very, very, very calm. So that really, really, really helped me. It really aided me. I think what also helped is the fact that I did know you personally. It was such, because that was my first feature film actually. And I've, I've done a couple since, but that was my first one. So. Um, I think that it was a great first one to do because I was working with somebody that I really trusted. You um, really guided me through that and I really appreciated and was humbled the fact that you trusted me to take on um, your baby, um, the role. So, so thank you, Freddie.
Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And that film comes out December 22nd. It comes out in the US and it will be out in the UK for Valentine's. I, I actually can't wait for people to see it. And I know you can't wait because you've been like, Freddie, show me something. I'm like, nope. I know. Let me see that. It's like, what's that all about, man? I can't. You got to watch it. Like, see, this is the thing. This is what I like to do. Like, when we have the premiere, everyone yeah. sees it for the I mean, the emotions are the same for everybody. But once you've seen something, it's like you're there preempting things to happen and people are looking at you and you're already getting ready to laugh because you see some, you know it's about to happen. So I like everyone to feel it in real time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just eagerly awaiting because I really do think as well that, um, especially at this climate too, you know, I don't want to make this all about a black thing all the time, you know, but I think that, seeing um, two couples on the screen um, that are black with, with so much love and, and it's comedy as well, so you get a bit of both. It's really lovely to see because it's rarely seen. I saw it in Queen and Slim, which is so funny, right, Freddie? Because, and I'm sure that many people will be able to relate to this because it was only until I saw Queen and Slim that I actually realized at that point that and I hate bringing up this light skin, dark skin thing because my mum's like a, a, a fair skin woman. All my family, my, all my, all my family's a fair skin woman. I never actually had to go through this, this um, you know, colorism thing, touch wood, you know, I've never had to, I've never experienced it. Um, but, but it was the first time I realized that when I watched Queen and Slim that I had seen two beautiful, richly melanated people on our screens making love and being in love and conquering the world. And it was only when I saw really that, that I was like, God, this is the first time I've actually seen something like this. I mean, how, I'm 43. How has it taken 43 years? And I like watching films, it's not like I don't watch them, you know, you know what I mean? But how has it taken 43 years for me to actually, the first time I'm actually seeing something like this? So with your rom-com, this is something that has never been done in this country before. Can you, can you just press pause on that for a minute? It's something that has mm -hmm. never been done in this country before, right? A, a rom-com that has two black leads in it um, that is a romantic comedy, you know? It's, I'm really excited to see it. And um, Kane is um, a dashing young fellow, a good actor as well. Kane Brown, the lovely comedian. Um, so oh, I'm really, really excited to see it. What was that then? Because this is the thing, because I, I interviewed, I mean, I, I say interviews, but I only have people on this, on this podcast that inspire me. Um, and I, actually, I haven't told you why you inspire me, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, how did you find working with Kane? Because Kane, like, Kane can be a handful. Like, I had Kane on, on, on the podcast the talking about loads of bits and pieces. Um, I love Kane. Like I've got, I, I found a new form of respect and brotherhood for Kane. Um, we had our issues at the beginning, but after thrashing those issues out and, and talking and I've got a, a newfound respect and brotherly love for Kane, man. How did you find working with him? Kane, I loved it. I've got to say, Freddie, you told Kane and I off a couple of times because Kane, listen, oh my God. Kane made me laugh so much. My sides were actually literally splitting. My cheeks were hurting me. There were times when you were like, you, you got pissed off of us quite a few times. I don't know if you, you know, I, I can't, don't even know if you remember that actually. But that was just, I mean, Kane, I love Kane. I've got so much respect for him. 
He can be a miserable laugh fart when he's ready. When he hasn't got when he's hungry. Stuff. When he's hungry. When he's yeah. hungry, he's a master, man. Like, he's <laughs> gremlin, man. Once you give him food, once you feed him, he's all right. But if he doesn't eat, <laughs> wow. I know, I know, I know. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed working. It, it didn't even feel like work some of the time, you know? Um, um, but yeah. And there's times when he would do stuff behind the camera that would get me in trouble, man. And you didn't even realize he was doing it. And I was the one getting in trouble a bit. Do you, for it, sorry. You know, it reminded me of siblings back in the days, you know, when you, yeah. you, you oh man, that's what it reminded me of. But, but yeah, it was, it was good. It was my first ever time that I actually had to kind of like kiss someone officially on set. So that was a little bit awkward, especially when you, you know, you respect him as a, as a brother. That was a bit awkward, but yeah, but you just gotta do what you gotta do, isn't it? You know what, obviously since then you've, I, I mean, every time I pop up, bing, Cindy's on TV. I go to the toilet, bing. Like if you're not, if you're not on this advert, you're on a different advert. I'm like, like even, even if, though I didn't see you for the whole of lockdown, I felt <laughs> like I see you every other day. Because every time I put the TV on, you're sitting at a desk or you're, yeah. or you're doing something on television, like, your face was all over TV during, during COVID, you know that? Everybody said that, yeah. Everybody said, Sydney, it's like, I feel as I've seen you all the time, even though I haven't seen you. Yeah. yeah. It's that Volkswagen <laughs> commercial. Yeah, I'll tell you what, mate, that really ticked me over during this COVID when they decided to put it on for another year and I got that check. That was all I right. Can, so I was happy no, about I can, that. I can imagine, man. So since then, you've obviously gone on to um, launch your clothing, man, your own clothing brand. Like, that's that. Is, is powerful, man. Like, I feel like it's all about m multiple money streams. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, what made you decide to launch your, your own clothing brand? You know, a couple of years ago, just after I had that little bit of a, a knockback when my uncle died and the realisation I hadn't, I hadn't um, grieved my father, I, um, a friend of mine said to me, Sind, you know, you've got all these illustrate. I, I basically, I'm a, I, I'm a drawer. I mean, that, there's a painting behind me here of Nelson Mandela. You, you guys can't see it, but Freddie can. And, and I, I paint, so, and I draw. So, so with that, it's like, I decided to, um, I basically wanted just to do all these illustrations that I've got and in my, in my notepads and everything and put them on shirts. But I wanted it to be represent the world. I wanted it to be of everybody from every race and everything. This clothing brand is really all about uniting people. It's all about just um, respecting anybody from whatever background they are, whatever religion they are, whatever sexuality they are, um, just any everybody. So that's what really made me um, wanted to, to do it, um, just to celebrate that. Um, and I wanted to do streetwear. I wanted to do something from, with an ethical background as well, which was very, very, very important to me too, because um, I'm a little bit of a hippie, as I said earlier, you know, at heart. Mm -hmm. um, a natural food girl. I've been that way for a little while now. So, um, yeah, I decided um, that Romad needed to be born. So um, two years ago, as I said, I, I wanted to do that. Never got the chance to do it because then I got really busy filming. I was doing your film. I was doing another film. I was filming this um, East um, Asian um, comedy. Um, I was doing a feature film of that. I was also filming for ITV, Liar 2. I was doing quite a lot of bits and pieces. So, and I was traveling too much for me to start it. So during COVID, um, one day I just said, do you know what? I just started drawing and just started doing all these little bits and pieces. Um, and I just 
I just I just decided just to do it and I built just did it I just did it all by myself and um yeah and and long may it continue you know it's all about ethical clothing celebrating everybody no matter their background no it's amazing man it's the, the, the I mean the designs that are, are wicked man like the artwork is is wicked it's all natural do you know what I mean yeah. it's all natural, natural based and the yeah. name though uh, the name Romad right yeah, romance. Uh -huh. like, I, like, I know, innit? I, you didn't even have to tell me. I guess what that stood for. See, I'm one of them guys that I looked at it and I was like, mm, I know what this is. Romad is basically, I mean, it's quite popular, I think, for names of businesses. But my, my, I chose this name because it's the first two letters of each of my children's names in order of their age. And also it means as well, you know, like Rome, to Rome when you're roaming um and um also nomad when you're you know exploring the world and because it's all about diversity it's all about um uniting people from all different backgrounds that's the integration of the name that i formed ro mad um ro for rohi um, my first daughter's name my 20 year old um i am for iman my second daughter and um ad for adriana which is my third daughter so yeah that's it. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what happens when you've got too many damn pitney. But no, that's, that's the reason why I decided. I decided to do it now whilst, whilst I had the time to, whilst, you know, because already it's been really busy. I've been, I've just finished filming something last week, so a short film last week. So it's just been really busy again. So I did it at the right time when it was quiet. And don't forget, you're about to get busy again because we're about to start working again. We've got um, my, my next film. That's right. Do you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. it's really magical. I was looking at you and I was thinking, ah, oh, Cindy would be perfect for this character. So I'd be interested to work with you um, in, the, in the capacity of an AD. Like, are you looking forward to that? I really am because, you know, it's not always about being in front of the camera. And, and for me, it's about learning your craft, about learning also what's happening and respecting everybody's roles behind the camera too. So, you know, I, I think there's too many of us sometimes, actors who... And I, and I and I and I realized that when I was just filming just the other day, um, you know, just two days ago, that that we tend to take our role a little bit too seriously sometimes and feel that we're like kind of like the dog's bollocks. Excuse my French. Um, mm. Because even the other day, it's like you know the stylists and the producers and everything were trying to get all these bags in back in the back of the Addison Lee for when everyone was going home, and and, I, and there were so many bags, there were so many things to do, and. And I was sitting there doing nothing. So I thought, okay, let me just help them. And she's like, oh no, you can't do that. And I'm like, because you're, you're, the, you're the talent, you're the... I'm like, please, come on. You know, I can't just sit there and watch you do it. But there, there sometimes seems to be this, this way of that the actor is over here and everybody else is over here. So I really can't wait just to dig in and just be behind the scenes and just graft of everybody. It's going to be good. I'm fully hands-on. And I always get told off for lifting bags, carrying stuff, mm -hmm. going to the shop. If I want something moved, I just move it myself. Why am I going to call a runner to do something for me when I can do it? Or I'm just saying built like that. I don't know, man. I just not, do you know what I mean? If something needs to be done, I just want to do it. I don't want to be called in. Do you know what I mean? I don't like that whole hierarchy thing, man. We're all trying to win, trying to get to the next level. And it's about the, a, a friendly ecosystem where we all can work together and help uplift every, you know, each other. Do you know what I mean? As a black woman um, in this industry and in a male-dominated industry as well, right, of film, TV, like how, how have you found that, um, that whole thing? And also this whole thing to do with racism. Have you been affected by racism in the industry or has it not really affected you? 
You know what, this male and female thing, I, I mean, I've always, I'm really always used to being the only female in the room anyway. Those things don't really bother me. Um, and to be fair, there's times when I used to be in the studio as a presenter, um, when I used to do live TV, that I used to be the only female. And it was only when someone pointed it out to me that I actually realised Freddie. I didn't even realise, I was just getting on with it. I, yeah. Um, but with regards to racism and stuff, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, there's a guy that did this this show. Um, I don't know what it's called, so please excuse me. This Sunday show that comes on. I think it's like a bit like this morning, but I think it's got like a little bit of a Christian perspective. It comes on in the morning, I believe, on ITV. And this and him and Angelica Bell apparently were doing the show the week the week previous to that. And uh, what had happened was is that, <laughs> I mean, as, as he said, you get people that would make negative comments about you. I mean, that's just part and parcel of what it is we do. You have to have thick skin working in this, in this, um, you know, in this industry. But he said that people were talking and saying two black presenters shouldn't be on the show because this is a white country. This is 2020 in the United Kingdom. People are still talking that absolute BS. So, it may not be obvious to you sometimes. I mean, I just came back from working my short film of work. I was the only black person there. That didn't bother me. It didn't bother them. We all got on and everything. But it can be, it, it's not awkward, but it's a shame it's not more diverse. But people are thinking still negatively when they see these things. It's really sad. Mm really sad man and it's it's funny because the only thing really because because obviously things are not said in front of your face are they said behind your back so i really don't know i couldn't tell you, you have to ask them but the only thing that i can say is is that huh we need to get more people that are makeup artists and hairstylists that are able to do everybody's hair i'm tired of going on set and having to bring my own damn makeup I'm tired of going on set and having to bring my own hair products and stuff. You know, the, we makeup artists, everybody should be trained when you're working in this industry to work with all different types of hair. And this is something that sounds so silly me saying, but it's very common to come across, you know? That's the only thing I'll say about it, really. All right, so Sin, look, so first yeah. and foremost, before I, um, we, we, we round this up, I did want to say to you, why you inspire me and why I wanted you to come on the show. And it wasn't because you're my friend and it wasn't because I got mad love for you. And it wasn't because, um, obviously you are talented, but you, you are a really humble, uplifting energy, man. And like I said, when my mum passed away, you was properly fully there for me. And you've inspired me as a person to always want to do better. And do you know what I'm saying? And sometimes we had conversations in the past where I may have may have gone down one way and through our conversation you, you you allowed me to rethink my my line of thinking and look at it from a different perspective like i find you very inspirational the way you you deal with being a single parent your kids always putting your kids first making sure that they're always at the forefront and even when i speak to your children and i'm around them and i see them the way they behave and the way that they carry on is testimony to what a great job you've done as a mother and as a person. Do you know what I'm saying? So for that, I find you very inspirational. Thank Do you know what I'm saying? That's enough. Aww. Read enough. <laughs> Bless you, sweetheart. Aww. Namaste to you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that, darling. So to end, right, do you want to play a game? Oh, man, I've, I've heard this. Just keep it clean. That's all I say. Okay? Right, let's do this. Come on, come on. Right. 
All right, we've got two games. One's a quick fire round, right? So, tea or coffee? Tea. Denzel Washington or Tom Cruise? Denzel Washington. On a guy, chest or bum? Chest. I've got okay. a something at night, haven't I? Oh, yeah, true, true. But if a guy ain't got no bum, man, it's, and it's just flat, it's like... I don't anyway. know what I have to do about that. I have to just make him do squats and let him sort it out. <laughs> Phone calls or text messages? Phone calls, man. I like to hear the voice. Bath or shower? God, right now, asking me this when my boiler's not working and I've got cold water coming out from my taps and I'm having to use the kettle to warm up to, to bathe. Old school. A bath. Um, yeah, you have to take it old school, honestly. Michael Jackson or Prince? Oh man, that's just, um, that's wrong to ask that question. Really. <laughs> um, it has to be Michael. Okay. Save money or spend money? Invest your dough. That's what I say. Okay. Okay. Horror movies or comedy movies? I hate horror movies, Freddie, and you love them. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but, but can I just say that the next movie that I've got you, I've got you in is a horror film. Yeah, I know, you said! I know, I know. But that's, uh, so this is going to be my first time having to watch it and be in it. So that's cool. And it's a straight horror. It's not a comedy. It's a straight horror. Right, this last game. So the last game is called Freddie's Freaky Friday, right? So... I've got six categories, right? I'm worried about this already, by the way, just to, just to let you know. <laughs> as you were. And each category's got ten numbers in it. I need you to give me six numbers between one and ten, right? Those numbers, what I will do is then tell you what's, what you're going to be doing this Friday with who. Okay. Yeah? So, so, uh, okay. One, one, yep. Two. Yep. Five. Yep. Seven. Yep. How many numbers is that for? Yeah. You, you, you can repeat the same numbers if you want. Oh, seven. Um, eight. Yep. Two again. One, two, three, four. That's it. That's it. You're done. All right, two. All right, so this Friday, you're... Okay, see? All right, so this Friday, you are going to have oval sex ah! with Richard Blackwood. Oh shit! <laughs> Thank God I've never met him, but I know he's your brethren. But anyway, all <laughs> Blackwood in your parents' bed oh, shit. while listening <laughs> listening to grime music, and then you're gonna yourself. I'm gonna what myself? Did you say shit? Yeah. Oh my God, Freddie! Yeah. Phone and snap it and put it on Snapchat. That's just dust, See? isn't it? Yeah, all dirty. So you're, you're going to have all sex with Richard Blackwood. Not only are you going to have all sex with him, you're going to do it in your parents' bed. That's bad, Cindy. Really, that's really bad. I'm ashamed of you. And then you're not even going to do it to R&B music. You're going to do it to grime music, right? So you're going to be going at some mad, mad pace. And then after that, you're going to go and shit yourself, mess up all the sheets, cotton, cotton, cotton satin sheets. You're going to leave shit doo-doo all over the bloody sheets. And then if that's not enough, you're going to take out your phone and snap it and let the whole world know about it. You're not even going to keep it to your... Really bad, Cindy. Get off my phone, Freddie. <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, like I said, I got mad love for you, man. Love you loads, man. And do you know what I mean? Thank you for coming on on the show and sharing your life with everybody else that's listening to Room Twenty Six, man. Oh, thank you, darling. Thank you, thank you. Much love to you and everybody that's listening. Bye.
So guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Room 26. Please, please, please subscribe, rate, tell your friends, dogs, cats, budgies, share. I don't care. Just tell the whole wide world. And let's make Room 26 the most listened to UK podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Room 26 underscore podcast. That's at Room 26 underscore podcast. Thank you.